Hi, welcome to episode 10 of Section Hiking the Appalachian Trail. I'm your host, John Eskelson, and today is March 1st, which is significant for the following couple reasons. First, we're in the midst of spring training, getting ready for the Major League Baseball season, which I thoroughly love. Second, today is Super Tuesday, and the Democratic race is getting smaller and smaller with Pete Buttigieg dropping out tonight leaving the median age for the Democratic nomination significantly older and more liberal than it was tonight. And then finally, my goal to do three or four shakedown hikes ahead of heading up to Harper's Ferries for my uh, first section hike of the Appalachian Trail um, needs to be a lot more focused. Anyway, my, my, prep, my prepping for this hike is going to get a lot more practical than it was before today. We are sponsored today by the Committee to Restore America's National Parks. This is an advocacy group for everyday people who want to convince Congress to eliminate the $12 billion maintenance backlog in our national parks. Please go to their website and support them at www.RestoreAmericasNationalParks.org. So today's episode is going to be a bit of a hodgepodge. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about are a couple of the meal ideas I've been thinking about in terms of lunch and dinner while on the trail. I've been testing out a couple of them and seeing what I'm going to use. Second, I was going to kind of break down, I'm planning to break down and talk about the first aid kit I put together for the trail. Third, I was going to talk about filtering water and what I'm going to use, uh, the system I have for the trail. And then last but not least, I'm going to bring up some of the places I go to get my gear. I'm pretty cheap, and I'm always looking for a deal. So first, I want to tell you about some of the meals I've been looking at. Right now, my web browser has a million different tabs open with different backpacking meal suggestions in them. I've been trying out several uh, different, a couple different meal options that I've gotten from a couple of different places, and I want to focus on three of them. The first is a paleo chili recipe, which it tastes pretty good when you make it. Um, I can't find the recipe right now, but we'll put it in the show notes of probably a future uh, episode, probably next week. But what I like about it is it's just really tasty. And even better, um, I was able to dehydrate it so that I have about, I have several liters of it sitting in my uh, freezer in a one-quart Ziploc bag. It's all dehydrated, so it's all kind of crumbly and dried up like you would um, in a normal dehydrated food. My wife decided to, uh, I, I bought a, a big packet of ground beef and left it in the fridge. My wife got freaked out by that, and so she cooked it all up and then made several items, including uh, this, this, uh, this chili recipe. And so we had like several liters of it, and then we, you know, we weren't going to be able to eat it all anyway right at first, and it was delicious, and so I dehydrated it down. One of the things I'm worried about with it, though, is that it doesn't have enough calories. I want to make sure that I get enough calories when I'm out on the trail. So what I'm thinking about is adding uh, some couscous to it for the trail. So I'll take a package of, uh, you know, a package of... Uh, of chili, and then I'll add some dry couscous to it. And then when I get out on the trail, I'll just heat up some water and then mix in the couscous and the dehydrated chili into the pot, and that's what I'll eat. 
Um, I'll have to try this out on one of my shakedown hikes and I'll get back to you. The next two recipes are from Andrew Skurka's website. Um, the first one I really love. It's his uh, peanut noodles recipe. This comes in at 141 calories per ounce. Uh, basically, you boil some water and cook a package of ramen noodles. You add some cashews and then you add the sauce, which tastes like a really good Thai peanut sauce. And I love it. It's a really terrific flavor and it tastes really good. It's easy to make. It has some high calorie, high high fat, high protein food uh, ingredients in it. Um, it's a surefire winner for the trail. One of the challenges will be um, keeping the sauce in a container. So uh, I'll have to maybe get a small Nalgene bottle or a small container to bring with me uh, to, to carry the sauce. Uh, the second one I'll, I'll need to try again, but it didn't really work out so well. It's his uh, beans and rice recipe. I like the idea of having a, a beans and rice kind of uh, dinner. Um, then you put cheese on it and some other uh, ingredients on top of it um, and Fritos. Um, so I like the idea of like cheese and Fritos, um, which adds a lot of calories and other uh, other factors um, mixed with the protein and the carbs that come from a, a simple beans and rice meal. Um, I think the problem was is that the recipe calls for um, dehydrated Re, uh, refried beans or dehydrated beans and I was using regular refried beans and so it kind of fell apart it wasn't really condensed and the amount of water you're supposed to use is really designed for these dehydrated beans so I'm gonna have to look for something other than the refried beans I brought with me um, I don't know why I thought it would be useful or I could substitute it you know maybe something like Zatarain's rice and beans combo I'm not sure. Currently, the recipe comes in at 117 calories per ounce, and it and overall it tasted pretty good. Uh, but I just need to figure out the content, the water mixture, uh, and and the right combination of beans and rice. The third meal, well, I guess the not the third, but the fourth meal, uh, really isn't a preset meal. But I've been toying around with different ways of dehydrating ground beef. And then you bring along a packet of uh, dehydrated you know, potato flakes and uh, a gravy packet. Add some dehydrated veggies to it and you have a really solid meal that's practically like the one your mom makes on a Sunday dinner for the trail. Um, I've, I've made that before um, when I was last summer when I was hiking with my son and uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, it was a really tasty, flavorful meal. It really benefited uh, from, um, you know, making sure some salt and pepper and then you just, you know, heat up the meat in uh, some water and get the meat all dehydrated and then salt and pepper it and season it. And then you just throw in um, the potatoes and then the gravy on top of it. All of it is basically water mixed with the, the main ingredient items. So, I mean, basically these are the four meals that I have liked so far for my dinners. I'm going to look for a couple more alternatives, um, but if I don't find anything special, then I think I'll be set up just fine for for my evening meals. Uh, for lunches, um, I've been looking around at different things, but, my, but what I've really kind of settled on is that I'm not going to, my goal is not to cook during my lunch, my lunches. Um, I like the idea of mixed nuts 
which are about, around 200 calories per ounce. And I'm thinking about continuing with something like a peanut butter and Nutella on a tortilla, using the tortilla as a as a mechanism to get you know food into your system. Um, I'm also looking at some uh, packaged fish. Um, they have like a, this aluminum foil fish that you can use uh, tuna or salmon to get some good protein and good fats in your system um, during the lunch hour too. But I, I still got to figure that out. More to look at in this area. So we're on to the next topic. So my first aid kit. Yesterday I put together my first aid kit for this trip. It weighs in at 4.25 ounces and fits into a one quart Ziploc baggie. And so the thinking behind it is kind of like the thinking that I had when I was doing, uh, putting together the uh, medical podcast on, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, first aid in the wilderness. I'm not going to be, you know, the plan is, is not to be so focused on solving every problem, um, but making sure I could solve the big problems and then get myself to a place where I can be evacuated um, particularly as I'll be hiking through Northern Virginia and into Central Virginia. These are heavily populated areas with uh, lots of uh, resources along the trail where I can get evacuated relatively quickly, at least compared to some of the more wilderness areas that are around this great nation of ours. Um, so my focus was essentially to stop bleeding stop major bleeding, stop blisters, stop ticks, and to uh, stop, you know, kind of like the minor challenges that come with, you know, usually ingesting crappy food on the trail. So what I have is I have two 4x4 wound dressings for a bigger cut and four 2x2-inch gauze for smaller abrasions. I have two pieces of mole skin, each about... Four, four inches by six inches, so I have a total of eight by 12 inches. That should cover my entire foot on both sides if I need it. And a small package of about eight different bandages of different sizes and types. Um, I've also packed about four first aid wipes and a very small container of Neosporin for antibacterial. Next, uh, in case I am dealing with myself or someone else, I've included a... Um, a pair of nitrile exam gloves. I don't really want to get blood all over me if, if I'm in that kind of a situation. And uh, the last couple things are a pair, a couple pairs of, uh, not a couple pairs, but two uh, specific for tick removal tweezers, which I've used several times already, and it just grosses me out that I have to carry these with me. Uh, finally, I've carried several different medicines. Um, some heartburn stuff, some anti-diarrheas, some Benadryl, and some ibuprofen, and that's basically it. I'll have to see how this works out in the wild and then report back. And we're back. Now, let's talk about water on the trail. I'd be worried if I was going somewhere, like in the desert southwest, where there, is, where there are limited water resources. But here in the mid-Atlantic, I'm not terribly worried about it. There are plenty of springs, particularly in the springtime, and so water is abundant. Um, there's a bunch of different water resources out there to help treat water that that uh, that I'm going to drink. 
I don't want Chardia, so I'm going to treat everything. Um, but today, it's a lot different than when I was a kid, where you had these large ceramic or uh, plastic wire pumps that weighed over a pound, and uh, that's what you had to use. Um, those are still out there. There's the MSR Wireworks, which is a wonderful device. Um, and it's, I think it's around a pound, it may be a little bit lighter. And it's still useful if you're going to be doing a large group hike. But for someone like me who's going to be by himself or with a friend or two, it's not really necessary. Um, there's a couple of other different types of uh, water treating resources out there. Uh, SteriPens use ultraviolet light to fill out bad stuff in your water. Uh, which apparently works really well. Um, I personally like the idea of gravity filters, like the plat platypus gravity filter, where you have, um, you just hang it, you just fill up the water, and then, and then you hang it, and it just flows from one bag to another. And I guess kind of what I'm going to do is somewhat like that. Um, what I've used, what's really popular are the Sawyer uh, water filters. There's the Sawyer Squeeze, which is a little bit bigger than the Sawyer Mini, which I carry. Um, the Sawyer Squeeze has, uh, you know, is a little bit bigger. It's about three ounces, and it fits. It's newer and fits water bottles better. And if I'm and when, it, well, I guess I should say when I eventually buy a new filter, I'll probably buy one of those. But what I'm using is uh, a Sawyer Mini water water filter. And then I augment that by having uh, some catadin uh, uh, micropore tablets. Um, there's a bunch of different tablets and pills that one can use, and many of them are good. Catadin uh, has some really good uh, reputation and, and is known for doing some good stuff, and I've never gotten sick using it. Um, it's effective, relatively cheap, and really lightweight. So for instance, I carry a strip of four packages of tablets with me that weighs 0.25 ounces for eight total tablets. Um, the way I use these tablets is that if I'm going to be settled down for the night and I don't really want to go pump, um, I'll just fill up some water in my, in my water bottle and then I'll toss in a tablet to treat the water overnight. Um, but what I really like to use is the Sawyer Mini. <clears throat> it works really well. It's really light at 1.75 ounces and is a really effective tool to clean my water. Um, what I do and what my system is, is that I have a platypus collapsible water bottle and I will go to the water source and fill that up, screw the Sawyer mini onto the platypus and squeeze the filtered water into a couple of smart water bottles. The platypus only has dirty water in it and uh, it's 0.7 ounces. And then the smart water bottles are um, what I use for clean water. It's really easy, um, particularly, like I said, on this trail where there's plenty of water and I don't need to worry about how my water is going to work. This is a really functional system and it's last and it's pretty lightweight. Lastly, we're going to talk about ways to get gear. Now my budget is limited, but I really like the idea of gear. And several years ago, I looked at what I owned and what I was trying to accomplish with my son and going camping and backpacking. And I realized that I needed to kind of refresh um, what I have and what I use because the technology has uh, 
changed so much over the last uh, couple decades, and it's really terrific. Um, so I'm always looking for different ways to buy stuff cheaply or less expensively than I otherwise would. So I've developed a couple different ways to do that. Uh, the first way is the most basic and obvious, which is I look for sales. I've become uh, pretty familiar with REI and Patagonia's various uh, gear sales throughout the year. Um, a couple of other places I look at is uh, Mountain Hardware, Columbia, um, Eddie Bauer with their Ascent stuff especially, which rarely goes on sale, um, and a few other places like that. Um, if I need something and I find it during a sale, it's likely I'll buy it. Uh, Backcountry.com and Sierra Trading Post also have some good deals too on occasion. Um, although Sierra Trading Post's customer service isn't always very good. Um, and, I, and I'm kind of at the point in my life where good customer, I'm willing to spend a couple of extra bucks on something if I know there's really good customer service behind it. I also like going to REI garage sales, particularly here in Northern Virginia. For those of you who may or may not know, the counties surrounding Washington, Washington DC are some of the wealthiest in the nation. And people with money have a tendency to be wasteful with it. So sometimes they buy a $400 tent or the like and something goes wrong. And instead of reaching out to the manufacturer to get it replaced or to get it repaired, they just take it back to REI who puts it in the back of their store because they can't resell it or can't send it back to the, I guess they can't send it back to the manufacturer. And then they sell it at to the public at a garage sale. Now, this leads to me finding a two-person Nemo Hornet Ultralight tent for $81. Apparently, some guy bought this tent for $360, not including taxes, tried it once on a very windy night, and the rainfly tore a couple of inches. Nemo has a terrific warranty, but because he bought it at REI, he took it back for a refund and got the refund. REI couldn't resell it as new or send it back to Nemo, so they resold it to me at a garage sale. So now I own a terrific tent that weighs just under two pounds and was easily patched up using some tenacious tape for a total of under $90. Uh, the tenacious tape costs about $8. So, you know, that's, that's one way to do it if you're willing to kind of look, sort through some used gear. Um, I am um, when I have time. Uh, the other the other way I kind of look for things is that there are several other websites that I look to from time to time for stuff as I need it. First, going along with garage sales, uh, well resourced with a with a, the resourced people that live in the D.C. area. I've learned that FreeCycle.com, uh, particularly the Arlington County one, has some really good finds. I haven't looked, I haven't found anything for backpacking yet but I've seen some other good stuff and have had some friends with tremendous luck um, with people just giving away items that are really just used, slightly used, but still in really good shape. Next, the website I want to mention is theclimb.com, which has heavily discounted gear and clothing. It's really kind of an oversized or overrun, like a where, where you know, People make, you know, manufacturers make too much of a certain type of gear and they are looking to sell it cheaply 
And so the climb.com, C-L-Y-M-B.com, sells it for a discounted price. They have a $7 shipping fee on everything you buy unless you buy a The Climb you know, t-shirt or hat or some sort of uh, gear. But I've never done that. I'd rather just play the shipping instead of have a t-shirt that I'm never going to wear. I bought a bunch of different items there. Um, particularly, I really liked the base layers they have. Apparently, merino wool makers have a real hard time guessing how big the market is on any given year, and they sell it here cheaply, particularly smart wool and icebreaker and a few others. After that is the website that I really like the best, which is expertvoice.com. Expertvoice.com. This website requires you uh, to be part of a group to gain access to it and its deals. Um, I use a membership that I have in the National Eagle Scout Association, but there's a bunch of others, um, and they're all kind of outdoor related. But when you do get into it, there's you get like discounts of up to usually around 40% for different types of popular gear. So, for instance, uh, several years ago, I found the Heliox lightweight camp chairs for a really good price on the site, and I bought a set of four uh, along with a camping table. And when my, my wife saw the purchase, she originally thought I was nuts because it was still costly. It wasn't super cheap, but it was, you know, 40% off whatever it costs, which is still more than we usually spend on camping chairs. But then she used them and became a believer. I've also bought a different tent from Nemo that I like. I really like their stuff, especially when it's on discounted prices. And I've and Big Agnes is there, and you know, you can find their ultralight tents for forty to fifty percent off. Most inter most recently, I purchased uh, a pair of Ultra Lone Peak trail running shoes. Um, those have become my newest hiking shoe for seventy two dollars. They normally sell for around one hundred twenty dollars a pair. I've been trying them out to see how they feel and fit. I think they're going to be okay. I mean, I can do that for $72 and send them back if needed. But, you know, it's great to find something that where it has new gear that works well for you. That's, that's fairly inexpensive. You can also unlock additional deals if you read up on the marketing um, information that manufacturers put on the website and take a little test um, telling them, that yes, I understand what you're trying to get me to do. Finally, I found some good items at eBay. I purchased a pair of Solomon uh, trail running shoes there and they worked okay for a while. And I've also looked at drop.com, which used to be mass drop. It has some pretty good looking deals, but it hasn't had anything that I've been in the market for uh, and wanted to buy at the time. Uh, finally, finally, I'm gonna link an article in the show notes I found at Backpacking Light uh, that discusses, uh, it's called buy less, do more with good enough gear. It kind of talks about the trade-offs of buying gear and evaluating what the cost-benefit analysis is of different items. There's so much good gear out there that's really kind of silly to think that there's only one way to go. And so kind of having a way to think about gear and, and what to buy and, and kind of like the price-weight comparison or price-functionality comparisons. I mean, every item has trade-offs and this article articulates that very well. So I recognize that this episode was a bit of a hodgepodge, um, but that's what we have for today. I'll be posting uh, about my first aid kit and some of the other items I'll be bringing with me at Instagram uh, at uh, section underscore hiking underscore 
the underscore AT, so section hiking the AT, um, and it'll also pop up on the Twitter feed. Uh, please also give this podcast a rating, good or bad, on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening tonight, and we'll be back next week with another episode. See you around.